morning, everyone. It's nice to be back. Uh, I see some friendly faces. Faces are still friendly, which is nice as well. Um, thank you, James, and thank you to the worship team. Uh, it was good. It was, it was surreal driving back this morning, right? Just uh, being on the road again and heading to Tyndale, it seems so familiar, and it seems just like home, so it's, it's very nice to be here. As James was saying, I did, I did uh, claim to have some busy weeks in the times that I've left Tyndale, and I, uh, I do thank you for having me come back here and um, sharing from my vast knowledge of four weeks of being a pastor. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. I'm thinking that everyone else said no, so here I am today. But um, yeah, so in my days uh, so far, you know, I've, I've taken on this new job and there's a learning curve, right? And it's very, it's similar to the learning curve I had when I first went to Tyndale. Um, you know, with my church, that was my home church, so it's a familiar setting, but now I'm operating in a different context. So, you know, as these weeks have been, they've, they've been busy probably just because, you know, I'm, I'm getting familiar with all my surroundings. Um, what I find is I, I arrive at the office one day and I set out to accomplish a particular list of goals, right? So I have all these things I want to get done today, things I have to get done today, and I start ahead and I go on them. And then, as is familiar, something unexpected comes along, and it kind of throws off my whole timeline. Uh, so that's kind of what my week's been like. What I found is, you know, during these unexpected moments, I'm having trouble uh, differentiating what's most important between what's urgent. So, you know, we, we find that um, we find that what's urgent starts to replace the what's most important. Some of you right now might be thinking, oh, I didn't know Gary still works at Tyndale. That's what happens here. <laughs> you know, because it can be tough, I think, in, in the workplace setting. Um, as I'm setting out and I start my day and I, I have all my things to do, I, I, one day last week, I, I got a text from a friend who, who's also a congregation member. And the text, it goes on to say that um, he tells me he doesn't think his mother's going to make it through the day. So here I am with trying to make a very good impression on my new employer and trying to serve faithfully. And then I get a different text that disrupts me. And I find that, well, that is not, you know, as a pastor, you think, of course, that's naturally part of your duties, but it wasn't what I had planned today. That's a very, it's a very troublesome text. Um, it turns out that his mother did make it through that day, but she went home to be with the Lord on Monday, on family day. Um, in the same day, uh, Maria receives a text from a friend who's also a congregation member. And this, uh, Maria, my wife, uh, this text says to Maria, you know, can Gary please call my husband? Um, I hadn't seen him for probably now, now I think about it, a couple of months, but last I had heard he went, um, he went overseas and he was gonna be there for an extended time. It turns out that um, he, he may have gone overseas, I'm not sure, but it turns out that their, their marriage is struggling and they're on the verge of a separation. Um, so that, that's in my mind as well. 
on the same day. Uh, my lead pastor, um, well, that wasn't the same day, but on the same day, as we're having church service, this was a Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, and uh, our stereo equipment starts to go haywire, right? And that's fine. I mean, that can happen. But it just so happens to be the time where my lead pastor is uh, going to Israel the next day. And some of our other key crucial staff members uh, and, and pastors are going to Israel on this trip. So guess who has to figure out how to work the stereo equipment? Me. So, you know, I'm talking to these very tech-savvy guys about uh, DSPs, digital sound processors. I'm pretending like I'm Jeremy, and I, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm pretending. What would Jeremy do in this situation? I'm thinking to myself. And so I'm trying to handle all of these things, and what, what might seem as disruptions, but they, are, they all seem important, and they all seem urgent, and I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, it turns out, though, uh, that I'm not the only person who can feel this way. I read this article in the CBC uh, this past December about, um, I think it was, a, it was a study, and it was a profile of well-being in Ontario. So in the article, it goes on to say um, that really workplace stress is very prevalent in the province, and in particular here in our own city. So uh, the article states that um, Torontonians, that although Torontonians, so them, we, us, although Torontonians enjoy the highest percentage um, of employees with regular uh, weekday hours, which is a a thing that should make them feel well. So although they enjoy the highest percentage of employees with regular weekday work hours, and they have even greater flexibility in those work hours, they still report the highest levels of time pressure, and they participate less so than all the other residents of Ontario in, in activities like social leisure activities. They take fewer vacation time. Uh, they're feeling stressed. These are people like us, as I'm talking to many of my former colleagues today. They live, work in the GTA, and they have these opportunities for them, but they're still feeling very, very stressed at their workplace. Um, so I took a little comfort in that, saying, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. Um, but I do know, I do know Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, you know, that says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I know that verse. All right? I, I've said that verse many times. I've cried out to the Lord and I've, I've read that verse and, and, and said it to him. And I believe it. Um, but I wasn't feeling strengthened by it at the time last week. Um, it seemed almost like passive to me, that it was protecting me, which is amazing, but it didn't feel like it was equipping me. Until the Lord started to remind me that, no, his peace does strengthen us. It does equip us for the tasks that lie ahead. Um, James read the scripture verse today. 
And in this part, Jesus is, he's talking to the disciples before, before we get to that verse. He's, he's talking to the disciples. He's telling them that he will be leaving. All right. And they're feeling very nervous. They're feeling anxious. He's promising them the Holy Spirit. Um, and they're still struggling with understanding what that means. Um, but he said to them, you know, I won't leave you as orphans. And they're saying to him, please speak plainly to us because you're telling us you're going to the Father. You're saying you won't leave us as orphans. Please just talk to us clearly. He's begging them. Or, sorry, they're, they're begging him. Um, so Jesus, after speaking to them once more, he concludes almost the end of this chapter by saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What I found is that God's peace, while protecting us, it is so much more than that. There's so much to say about it. But I just had really a few quick thoughts on on God's peace and how it equips us for what lie ahead. Um, My first thought is that his peace is a blessing. So it's not just this idea of a, you know, a lack of conflict and that things are okay in your life, but it's actually a positive blessing spoken over our lives. So this idea is, it's really captured in the, uh, the ironic blessing in Numbers, and this is familiar to most of us. Um, this is where the Lord tells Moses to tell Aaron and his sons that they should bless the Israelites in this way. He says to them in Numbers 24, he says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance or have his face or turn his face towards you and give you much peace. So this blessing, it's, it's highlighted. It's a, it's, a, it's a pronunciation of peace and total well-being over their lives. Right? This is the peace of the Lord. It's not just this thing that protects us only, but it actually speaks a total blessing over our lives where the Lord's face is actually shining and turning towards us. Um, to have the Lord's face turn on us and to shine on us, it just speaks of this immense beauty and this immense totality of, of our incredible well-being. So this is also um, highlighted in... Psalm 29:11. This is a psalm of David. David says, "May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace." All right? So once again, uh, David is speaking to us. He's actually strengthening us with his blessing, with his peace. So um, this just captures that idea that it's this blessing. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, uh, he goes on to say in this verse, he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. So how does the world give, really? I mean, there's, there's probably a lot to say on that, but in this particular context, he's talking about peace. Uh, the world's idea of peace is that there's nothing wrong in our lives. Right? Um, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but it doesn't really seem to be coming to fruition. In fact, the Bible actually warns us about a time when they tell us that there is peace. And there's a lot more to say on that, but that's a sermon for a different day. Um, but the world's idea 
of, of peace, it, it just shows that it's not all-encompassing the way the Lord's is. My second point, really, that I wanted to make was his peace is actually greater than our circumstances. So his peace comes to us regardless of what we're going through. For some of my friends that were texting me that were on the verge of losing a loved one, a mother, uh, for my other friends who were worried about their marriage and how that will affect their children and whether they can reconcile, um, they don't necessarily just want to hear that things are going to be perfect in their lives or things are always going to be great because they know that's not true as we know. But God's peace it comes to us regardless of our circumstances. In John 16:33, so just a couple chapters later in John, Jesus says, after continuing the conversation with them, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Friends, Jesus has overcome death. We look to the cross and we see him. He's resurrected. He's lifted up on high. He's beaten death. That means whatever we're going through in our lives, he can overcome that. He is greater than what we're going through. And it's not to minimize what we're going through because we're real people with real pains and difficulties. But we have to look upon the Lord to know that he is greater than this circumstance. That his peace can still bless us even in the situation that we're suffering. Um... I love the fact in that verse, too, that he acknowledges that we'll go through trouble, right? Jesus is not just this far-off God, as we know. He's a personal God who loves us and cares for us, and he acknowledges that in this world we will have trouble. But he says we don't need to worry about that, though, because he has overcome it. So the verse... It concludes with saying, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's funny. Jesus says that in this world we will have trouble, but he tells us not to have our hearts troubled. Well, he acknowledges that trouble will come to us and trouble will will arise in our day-to-day lives, but he says we don't have to let our hearts be troubled anymore. We don't have to, regardless of what is going on, we don't have to hold on to it. So our hearts don't need to be troubled and we do not need to be afraid. Simply, Jesus is just saying this, that no longer do you need to feel the way you felt before I was in you and before I was in, uh, in all of us as believers. He says, now that I'm in you, we do not need to fear. So that's my other third point, that his peace is in his presence. As we look forward and we we look for the Lord's peace, we have to actually seek him and we actually become close to him. We have to continue in a good relationship with him. We don't want anything to hinder our relationship with the Lord. Uh, This idea is kind of repeated in Isaiah 41.10 where the Lord says, Fear not, for I am with you. It's also repeated in Joshua, where he says, do not, do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you. Right? His presence brings his peace. He is with us. And if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your heart, 
then you have him on the inside of you. So just accept this gift of peace. Like his gift of grace, his gift of peace, he wants to give to us in an over, overwhelming way. I always kind of wonder, how do you really find the Lord's presence? There's so much to be said about that. Can you find the Lord's presence when you're quiet? I would think so. In those moments of solitude where you can hear him speak and um, For me, I say sometimes I I spend too much time talking to him and not enough time listening to him. But in those moments where you can quiet your mind and you can be still, you can feel his presence. You can find him anywhere. You can find him in a crowd, right? Um, I don't think Torontonians are feeling stressed just because there's a lot of people around. That can add to it, I'm sure. But a lot of it is that they're not seeking the one person who can provide the peace that we know we want. Um, so these ideas of the fact that the Lord, his peace is a blessing to us. His, his peace comes despite our circumstances. And his peace is found in him and only in him. Uh, these are ideas that I think we can hold on to that will help strengthen us in the days that lie ahead. So I want to just touch on those scriptures just, to, just for your own um, thoughts and, and hopefully it, it can help. But I always want to think of, well, how can we take away a, a practical approach from these truths that are in the scripture? So I came up with an acronym. I think that's what some pastors do, right? They come up with acronyms. And I, and I said to Maria, Maria said, that's so corny, that is so lame. And it might be. But I'm a dad, so I get to make dad jokes all the time. But I came up with the acronym RAD, R-A-D. All right. So I think if one thing that we can learn, one way that, or a few ways that we can learn to seek his peace and get this peace that we know that strengthens us is through this acronym. The first thing, R, recognize. We want to recognize who the source of our peace is. It's Jesus. It's the Lord. Right? His peace is many of us. It can be us in this room, and it might be the people that are not in this room, but we seek peace in um, alcohol, and sex, uh, friendship, approval. We seek peace in our family. Uh, we seek peace in our good causes. But none of these things will satisfy. They will only be a temporary fix, and oftentimes they leave you struggling for more. So we have to recognize who the source of our peace is, and that is Jesus the Lord. So come to him. Accept his gift of peace. Make him the Lord of your life, and if he already is, continue to live in good relationship with him. The second point, A, ask. We have to ask through prayer. We want to continue to ask expectedly and thankfully. We have to ask expecting that we will get an answer and expecting that the Lord will bless us with this. If we come to him with it and request it, we should, we should, um, we should expect that it will come to us. And say that thankfully. Be thankful for the blessings that the Lord provides. Be thankful that peace is not just the fact that nothing is wrong, but it's the fact that it comes to us despite what is going on in our lives and it actually blesses us and strengthens us as a people. The third part, determine. We want to determine to walk by the Spirit. Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. All right. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Set your mind on what is good, what is noble, 
Set your mind on the things of the Spirit and let him guide you as you go forward in making decisions. He's there. He's a comforter. He will point you to Jesus and he will be there for you during these circumstances. If we don't do these things, we'll find we forfeit our peace. And as we all know, um, that can be very painful. So my thoughts that I just wanted to share with you in these, in these brief moments, um, they don't come to make light of the situation that you're in. Uh, they come as an encouragement. Hopefully you find it encouraging of who our Lord is and what his peace speaks of. So, just in closing, I just have a couple minutes. Uh, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends, my family here in this room, Lord. I, dear God, I, I thank you for Jesus and what, what he did on the cross, Lord, dying to save us from our sins. Let us not, be, let us not ever f- become um, just light in, in hearing that, Lord. Let the weightiness of that, the fact that Jesus died for, for my sin, for our sins, Lord, let, this, let that always overwhelm us, dear God. And we thank you for that sacrifice. Lord, I thank you, dear God, that you are a personal God and you are with us despite what we're going through. Some of us are facing financial struggles, uh, health struggles, Lord, relational struggles, dear God. But Lord, you're bigger than all of those circumstances. So Lord, we just pray that your presence will be felt in each and every situation that we encounter. Dear God, we pray that we will turn to you in those moments Lord, that you will give us hope and life and you will bless us with your peace, Lord. Father, as we leave this room with the many things on our mind, dear God, let us always keep you on the foremost part of our brains. So dear God, equip us by the Spirit to walk and to serve you faithfully. Um, Help us to live in peace with one another as much as possible. Help us to live sacrificially and lovingly with each other. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to leave you with a benediction. So 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this. Actually, if you won't mind rising, and we can receive it. It's in my tradition. I thought about taking it to, to black church and have like an intermission and patties in the background, but I, we didn't do that. But if, in, in my tradition, we'll, we'll rise and we'll receive the benediction. Um, now it says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Go in peace.